Welcome back to The Last Zebra. I'm your host, Dr. Ugo Ezema, and today I have the pleasure of Dr. Avinash Jakuju, um, colleague of mine, friend from work, and I really appreciate you coming. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great to be here. This is the first time, so I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so stop me if I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, welcome. Great. It's welcome. awesome. Yeah, man, thank you. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's a little bit late in the evening, so I appreciate you taking time from, oh, yeah, your, absolutely. from your family to come be with us. So we know each other through work. Yeah, We both work right. at Terrebonne General here in South Louisiana, and you're a cardiologist. And That's right. As we, as we you know, get to know each other, I thought this would be a, a fascinating conversation between you and I to kind of get to know how we got to, how you got to where you are today. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, all right. Uh, so I grew up in India. I was born and brought up in India. I did my medical school mm-hmm. uh, after I graduated. Um, I came to the United States, States to do my residency training. Um, and I always wanted, you know, I wish I could say I always wanted to be a cardiologist. <laughs> yeah, I wish yeah. I could say, like, ever since I was a kid, this is all I wanted to do. But to be honest... When I was in my high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. That's fair. But, but cardiology is something that definitely was fascinating and it really, you know, uh, piqued my interest. So, but I thought, you know what, uh, I, I feel like everybody who is going to, going to the United States, they're very happy with the training. It's the best. So I'll just go do it. So I thought it would be like, you know, I just walk in, get in, do my residency. <laughs> but, oh boy! So it was it was a difficult road. Yeah. Uh, there were uh, some um, challenges that I had to face along the way, but uh, I'm here now. Nice, also, I and mean, we're definitely happy to have you here. Uh, which part of India are you from? So I'm from I'm from South India, okay. uh, South Central part of India. It's uh, I'm from a state called Telangana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to medical school in a, uh, in Hyderabad. That's like one of the largest cities in uh, not only in my state, like one of the largest cities in, in India. In India. Mm. So that's where I was from. I grew up in, uh, like 90 miles north of Hyderabad. That's where I grew up most of my childhood. And uh, so. When, so when you're from India, it's like very different when you're from one state, like you drive six hours and you're in a different state and it's entirely different. It's everything. like almost moving different everything. It's mm. a different language, different food, different customs, different cultures. It's So it's like, it's like a, you know, when we were a kid, there was a saying, it's like a, a strength in diversity, unity in yeah, diversity. Yeah, so yeah. That, that that's India. So... Yeah, I'm from South India. I think I think a lot of because India is a post-colonized uh, right. uh, state, essentially. That's right. So I think a lot of coming from Nigeria myself, I, I can say the same thing. So a yeah. lot of our states uh, yeah. in Nigeria is exactly the same thing. So many different cultures, tribes, really, um, that were kind of artificially created by mm-hmm. the the the. Go, the state of India was, or the state of Nigeria was artificially created. That's right. And so a lot of our cultures kind of just accepted this general, we are Nigerians, 
But really, we're very, very, a lot of us are so very different depending on where we are, where we're born, where we grew up, cultures, uh, food, a lot of things are just so diverse that you, you would, you wouldn't even know if you didn't know, you wouldn't know that we're all in the same country. So I imagine it's yeah. the same thing. And India is a huge country. It's a huge country. It's yeah. a huge country, a lot of population. And I think it's the second most populous country. And I think uh, with the way the birth rates are, mm-hmm. I think it's going to surpass China in the in the near future. Wow. So it's going to be the most populous country. And in area, it's about one third the size of United States. So it's a very dense country. Wow. So a lot of people and the space doesn't really, you know, there might not be enough space. Is that? No, no. Wow. Right. The population is growing. Obviously, the space doesn't grow. But, <laughs> but, but so there is, um, so that's why it's very close knit communities. Mm. Like um, everybody is like living so close to each other. Like everybody, like families are very close knit. So mm, it's different. I, I was just talking to a friend of mine about, some of the differences in cultural, uh, the way we, some of the cultural differences between especially the Western world mm-hmm. and this particular friend of mine was talking about her friend who's Indian. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that she was highlighting when comparing to the Western culture was how our, the generations of the family live together. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so she, the, the, the point she was making was that her parents um, are staying with her. Yeah. And that's just normal. That's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, whereas, I mean, we know how it is here. That's, yeah. It's very rare, I would say, that you yeah. find that, yeah. that sort that's of right. setup. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really cool, especially when you're talking about how close-knit the communities, the families are. That's right. Um, and that, I'm sure that affects and contributes to how well a lot of those cultures produce some, what, we, what you would say, you know, high qual high value individuals that yeah. are out here going out going about with high value jobs etc 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 when did you know you wanted to be a doctor that's a good question <laughs> it goes back to the earlier point i was making like i didn't know what i wanted to do uh in my high school so like that time in india like when you want to be successful you either want to be a doctor or an engineer <laughs> right right <laughs> that's like you only get two choices pick right, one right so i just i just picked up a doctor my dad was um uh, he's retired now he's um uh, he was um uh, zoology professor oh, wow. yeah so that's why i was into like animals and stuff so uh so that was my childhood like right. growing up my mom's a librarian she's still working uh, so I used to like read a lot of books on like, uh, you know, human anatomy, yeah, life sciences yeah, yeah, and yeah. all those sort of things. So I really got me interested. But I also kept like a broad range of things that would interest me. I also liked reading about science, science fiction, mm-hmm. physics, space, all those things. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when I was in my high school, I just wanted like what would what would make me more successful as far as whatever the definition of success goes. Like, right. well, you know, I just want to have a good career. Right. That's essentially what led me into medicine. But when I first joined medicine, uh, I want to say it took me some time to like really get into it because initially there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, remembering stuff like memorizing stuff. And it got Mm. like, you know, cardiologist, I don't know, cardiology, there's a lot of critical thinking goes into it. Mm -hmm. A lot of specialties, critical thinking goes into it. But to get to that point, you have to learn a lot of stuff, memorize a lot of stuff, read a lot. And I was like very restless. Right, right. (laughs) So, but 
eventually like once i got to that point where i wanted to where where i knew i wanted to do cardiology that's where i really fell in love with uh, medicine and taking care of patients obviously is the best part of our careers right and um i lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> no you're you're mentioning how the your love for cardiology came after um after the fact really through, through that exposure and how if and i'm curious to ask then like do you think there is a connection between that cuz your father was a zoologist yeah, right yeah is that cuz in my mind i'm thinking is that is how's that different from a veterinarian cuz it sounds more academic than maybe at a veterinarian is like is he a professor of zoology or yeah, something yeah. like that yeah uh, yeah he was in academics he would teach like a uh, uh, college students yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so i mean that's why uh you know when i would i would like go go to his go with him mm-hmm. to his work and i would see him like in the lab like teaching students like dissecting frogs and stuff so it like piqued my interest yeah, i yeah, thought yeah. i wanted to be a, uh, to be a surgeon first oh. yeah because you know you see just dissecting that, frogs yeah. just because yeah. you know you 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 know you want to get your hands dirty yeah, to do yeah, something yeah, you know yeah. but uh you know when you're a kid things change as yeah. you evolve <laughs> my interest evolved and uh yeah but joining medical school was an interesting choice because um i would i, I just wanted to uh <laughs> it's okay it's okay said, <laughs> again i lost my train yeah. of thought you said joining medical school you just wanted to um i guess in in terms of getting exposed to what you wanted to do which is obviously after you you hung out with your dad Yeah yeah, yeah 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 I I just wanted to do something cool like cool yeah. stuff you yeah, know yeah, yeah, operate yeah. on not on animals operate on like <laughs> like people, yeah. people and yeah. stuff but that's that what's the, that's different than from say being a surgeon right so yeah. being a cardiologist is different from being a surgeon that's how right. how did you get to cardiology then from you know after that kind of exposure because i can imagine yeah, surgery is very attractive especially when you're I think in the media and in general and as a medical student the idea of being being hands on that kind of hands on yeah, with yeah, yeah. almost any patient is there's yeah. something to that that kind of gets you excited yeah um and then you get exposed to surgery either through medical school or through your rotations or whatever it is or whatever experience you get and that I think there that makes a, a big difference between it, it creates a separation for two people either either you don't like it from that exposure or yeah. you're just like yeah I love it so lifestyle you know you're you're waking up at 3 4 5 in the morning you're going in you're rounding and you you might stay there for how knows who who knows how long 18 19 20 hours at work um that is very different from not that different from cardiologists because cardiologists are also on call and you guys are to some level there's some interventional component to it um how do you go how did you go from i i am really interested in this dis, like the dissection yeah. aspect of it being a part of that patient's care in a very intimate play, way to internal medicine because that's yeah. what that's how you have to do to before you go yeah. to become a cardiologist and then yeah. to cardiology so i think that happened pretty quickly after i joined medical school when i went my day one anatomy class i thought like when you go dissect a human body it's yeah, going to yeah. look like how it shows, <laughs> how it would be in the movies or yeah, in your yeah. or in anatomy books but when you when you actually dissect you know how it is like a shriveled yeah. corpse you barely can make out anything else like oh boy this is <laughs> <laughs> this is not what i thought <laughs> this is not what i thought yeah. and there's like so much remembering yeah, stuff yeah. and i was like i was overwhelmed and i don't know it kind of like 
but i was really uh, enjoying at the same time like physiology uh, reading about physiology and understanding how the human body works mm-hmm. like the mechanics and that really like got me very interested and uh, like cardiology yeah, i think it's like a lot of uh, um critical i don't know i, I don't want to say like critical thinking because everything everything takes critical thinking yeah. but it's kind of like a good balance between where you're procedural but also at the same time you're doing a lot of like a treating and you're doing like a hospital clinic visits taking yeah. care of patients in the hospital so i think like it kind of gradually evolved over time i think the way i think about medicine in general is in my mind i think of anatomy so whenever medical students ask me for general advice like how 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 would you study for anything and people study differently but my practice has been to one have a good grasp of the anatomy then go to the physiology if you have a good grasp of anatomy and physiology the pathology starts to make a lot more sense that's right and in that context i think cardiology is one of those um fields where the physiology is very sound like yeah. we we have yeah. a good understanding that's of right. one of the anatomy and the physiology of of the heart essentially and the yeah. cardiovascular system yeah um so the pathology then make it it makes a lot of sense it like, makes a lot of sense exactly. like once you understand the physiology of it exactly. and also like my anatomy my, my 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 biggest problem with anatomy was like remembering a lot of stuff but if you are a cardiologist all i need is this much that's <laughs> right. it all i need right. to know is what the, the four chambers the, heart, the four chambers <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome did you did you do any sub uh, sub fellowships actually no but i'm going into interventional uh, fellowship next year okay so i i, I t- took a break um after my after my general cardiology mm-hmm. and uh i right now i could say i'm an interventional echocardiographer so i did a lot of echocardiography mm-hmm. like uh, during tavers and mitral clips and um yeah interventional echocardiography and general cardiology and i'll be training to be an interventional cardiologist next year is that that's another two years is it not Or no interventional is one year okay you, you can do an additional year to either specialize in peripheral vascular disease or structural heart disease there is so much going in cardiology it's so, like so even underneath interventional is is uh peripheral vascular or structural or is that are those two different things so so the bread and butter interventional cardiology is mainly the coronary sense stuff and you learn some peripheral mm-hmm. you you learn enough peripheral but there is always like more, more specialized stuff going on these days especially at our organization with uh, with with my colleagues doing right. a lot of um, a lot of below the knee stuff right, and right. lasers and the new new generation atherectomy devices and all so there is a lot of peripheral vascular disease training going on these mm-hmm. days so that takes an additional one year if you want to be really right. good at it but just with the general just with the one year of interventional cardiology you have enough peripheral vascular disease exposure uh for like a most of the stuff that gotcha. you can do was there anything else in internal medicine that you were interested in you know that's a that's a good question i don't know if i if i didn't become a cardiologist i probably would have just stayed with internal medicine there really a, i don't know maybe like pulmonology was interesting to mm-hmm. me too because it's like very close very similar to cardiology yeah, there's yeah. a lot of physiology that yeah. you need to learn uh i would say pulmonology but cardiology was the main thing that really inter- got me interested in internal medicine wow well so it sounds like you were interested in cardiology even before you became yeah, internal that's medicine right, that's wow, right wow wow even wow. before i i don't know if i no i do know i don't think i i was pulmonology for me pulmonary critical care for me came in internal medicine yeah um and that was by a process of elimination like i knew what i didn't want to do mm-hmm. and so much of it was cuz internal medicine is so broad i mean 
rheumatology, endocrinology, obviously cardiology, yeah. um, uh, pulmonary. There's just so many different fields in, in, in internal medicine. And I knew I'd, I, I kind of knew I didn't want to just kind of be a internal internist, your yeah. standard internist mm-hmm. or hospitalist or even outpatient, just solo outpatient medicine. Uh, what really attracted me to medicine, just like you, was, you know, the, I wanted to be a, pre- a procedurist in some way. Yeah, yeah. But I understood that I knew that <laughs> the lifestyle of, you know, primary procedurists, the surgeons that were, you know, yeah. even OB-GYN yeah. or obstetric gynecologists, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's not for everyone. And it certainly That's wasn't right. for me. Yeah. Um, so I did a, a process of elimination and I really, really loved the ICU. I really enjoyed my rotations, the time I spent in the ICU. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I tried to be uh, proactive about where I saw myself in, you know, decades from now. I also understood that ICU can be very, um, has a lot of burden yeah. that comes with it. Yeah, yeah. So it I wanted something definitely. that kind of balanced that out. And of that's course, right. a lot of times pulmonary gets attached to the to critical care. Mm-hmm. So that's how I yeah. got to it. It was a process of elimination. And I find that now as an attending, I am much more passionate about pulmonary than I was as a mm-hmm. fellow even. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has been one of the biggest surprises for me because I really went into pulmonary critical care to be an intensivist. Yeah. And of course, working now, yeah. I'm just like, man, I really like pulmonary. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, now that I'm talking to you, maybe, so cardiology comes easily to me. I don't know why. I cannot explain why. Maybe mm. that's the reason. Now that I'm talking to you, I kind of like it's it's dawning on me yeah, yeah, yeah. why I why I went why I chose this particular path. Whether it's cardiology or even to some extent pulmonology, it, it kind of came naturally. Came naturally to me. I don't know why. I cannot explain. But to this day, if you ask me to like uh, tell me how many types of leukemias there are, <laughs> I cannot forget about it. You could you could like sit down here and try to teach me for one year, uh, one hour. And then after the end of the one hour, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between ALL and CLL. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I get some things. I guess cardiology was one of them. Mm-hmm. So it really got me interested. But I'm really, really glad that I chose this path because I feel very content with what I do. Yeah. Uh, not only the, the patient, uh, 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 treating the patient aspect of it, but also like where cardiology is headed. It's, it's it's a very exciting times to be a cardiologist. I know. I, I spoke to your colleague, Dr. Finn. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And the way he talks about, you know, like essentially the direction of cardiology, you know, going to, going to that topic, the direction of cardiology seems to be, it sounds like a lot of things are happening right now. And I feel, I, now that I think about it, there's, there's so many sub specialties within cardiology that I was not aware of, right? Yeah. So... I'm talking about as recently as uh, residency and even fellowship. So the idea of when you, you know, separating peripheral vascular from just coronary, mm-hmm. the idea of structural heart, of course I knew about structural heart, but like that being a subspecialty and even being that specialized was something so fascinating to me. Yeah. And then the future of these therapy of the therapies that are coming out for, for, for the heart, that's, I think that's amazing. I think that might be a difference between, say, a big difference between pulmonary and cardiology is because in, because cardiology is so sound in terms of anatomy and physio- mm-hmm. physiology, you can you, you can have, and there's a lot of me- mechanics in cardiology yeah, yeah. that I don't think we get that in. There aren't a lot of mechanics in the lung. The, the main mechanics are the diaphragm, 
yeah. and a few, you know, uh, like the pressure volume relationship. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it, there's, you know, some. It's not something you can go in, and there aren't many things you can go in and fix the way mm-hmm. it is for cardiology. And yeah. I think that mm-hmm. is really, really cool. I'm excited to see what you guys start doing, um, and, uh, as cardiologists too. Now, maybe I should have tried cardiology when I was. Uh, <laughs> when I thought about cardiology. <laughs> Actually, you should. You, you would. You would make a great cardiologist I, if you want to go back to training. I don't know. I see how you guys. I see how hard you guys work, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are are working very, 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 very hard. Um, where did you do your your residency? So I did my internal medicine residency at uh, LSU in Lafayette. Oh, yeah. Really? You? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, not too far from here. Yeah. So after that, I did my fellowship at New Orleans. Um, at LSU, LSU. LSU. Yeah, LSU okay, 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 okay. Oh, so you've been here. You've been in Louisiana. I've for, been in Louisiana for quite, for quite a bit now. 2013. Yeah. When I first moved to Louisiana to start my internal medicine fellowship. There were briefly a couple of years, uh, two years. I was in Iowa, uh, mm. working as a general cardiologist. I was a program director, associate program director for a fellowship uh, program there. What was really that like? enjoyed teaching. I really, absolutely loved teaching because, you know, you learn. You learn in your fellowship, yeah, 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 but yeah. when you're teaching, I felt like I learned more in those two years. I mean, I learned a lot at LSU. I mean, those guys were right, really, right. really great. But when I was an attending, you know, I was forced to learn more because when you have to go get up, when you have to give a talk in the morning, you know, you don't want to be like asked a question and right. you don't know the answer. Right, right. Also, right, you could right. take the old timey way. Why don't you look that up and let me know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you can present on it tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I. I I think I I have never gotten the chance to be fresh out of fellowship. I started a job that I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I didn't do another another friend of mine had the same feeling about um, his chief year because he did a chief year Mm -hmm. in residency. Yeah. And a lot of uh, a lot of colleagues of mine that did chief year feel the same way that that experience of functioning in the role of an attending. Yeah in academia really ignited something in them about their passion for teaching. That's right. Um, wow. So you were the assistant for, and this was a cardiology fellowship. That's right. This was a cardiology fellowship. I mm. graduated 2019. That's when I joined this uh, this place in Iowa, Mason City. And uh, I got I became an associate for PD in like six months into my, yeah, yeah. Into my training. So I always uh, say this, like I'm from a family of three generations of teachers. Like my dad is a professor. My dad's mom was a teacher. Wow. Yeah, that was so that was what in 1950s. My 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 grandmother was a teacher. That was like a different India back then. So India got her independence in 1947. Mm-hmm. 1947, after India got independence, they had this like a five-year plan where the first five years they really uh, wanted to, they meaning government, mm-hmm. the government of India wanted to like focus on literacy. So the literacy rates back then at the time of uh, colonial India or immediately after independence were like mid-50s at the yeah, most. Yeah, yeah. So they really focused on like you know, getting people to, to, to getting the people to read, to read and yeah. write, and uh, you know, become educated. So I think during that times, my my grandmother was one of uh, five children, all all girls. So she was she went to school because there was like so much, you know, advocacy right, f- right. for teaching not just not just children, but mainly girls, mainly because uh, obviously there was like a lot of. Um, hurdles in uh in like educating women during those times so so they were like one of the 
earliest people earliest people in 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 my family who went to get education wow and i my generation if we are successful right now is because of those those women or men at the time they were they they understood the importance of education mm-hmm. in a society which was mainly agrarian there at the time where people were just like farmers right, or laborers right. and it's it, it was a very stratified society too it was it is mm-hmm. uh, that's a different topic mm-hmm. but there were like a lot of hurdles you have to overcome to become successful to educate yourself and that was a big 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 aspect in our success my generation success mm-hmm. right now is because women were able to go to school and get education so my my dad's mom was a teacher my my mom's dad was also a teacher so wow. i come from a family of teachers and i always wanted to be a teacher in in some way and some which capacity. was fulfilled wow would you ever go back to that kind of role you know i want to i don't know when or where i don't have any concrete plans but uh yeah i definitely i mean i'm i'm still involved in teaching in one yeah, way or the other yeah. like i uh you know i i i give talks at like this louisiana conferences and i i sometimes get invited for guest lectures so i do teaching teach in some capacity but uh when i was like a full time faculty i really enjoyed my time teaching and that, that's a good thing about medicine too is that we most of the time you're actually doing some there's some uh there's always an opportunity to teach in medicine right so yeah. either it's uh like you said either you're giving a talk to some colleagues or yeah. you know anybody else that works in the hospital the nurses the, the for us the restaurant therapist we have um ample opportunity in almost any setting even outside of academia to teach but there is something very different about teaching uh trainees residents and fellows i imagine that's a very different experience uh th- very different probably pressure right cuz you could say that because there were times when i would like stay up making presentations and <laughs> but I, I, but my my fellows really appreciated it and that that really kept me going yeah, so yeah, yeah. they were really appreciated the education they were getting and uh it also helped me improve myself you know develop my uh develop myself right So I I really enjoyed that time. Um what was I- Iowa like you said Iowa right? Oh it's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> I forget I'm trying to I, I forget what are the states that border Iowa but I do all I know about Iowa is too is that it's one of those states that has a very formal shape. Yeah know. yeah it's, it's 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 like drawn with the with a scale on a map. <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's like Uh, Minnesota on north and I think Nebraska is on the south and uh, Illinois on the to the left to the, the east east I forgot what's on the west hmm yeah but uh Iowa was um it was very cold but people were great mm. uh you know I, I sometimes used to say it's very flat and featureless it's <laughs> <laughs> not unlike Louisiana cuz Louisiana aside from the marshes uh the only terrain you get here is the bridges that go over yeah there. that's yeah. right that's right yeah. this like a really long bridges but Iowa people were great i really enjoyed my time there it was my first time seeing snow that was good experience oh, awesome. for for first year it was fun but second year it was like <laughs> oh my god when is this going to end um No, Iowa was great. I, I really enjoyed my time, but my wife matched it here at uh, Tulane mm-hmm. for her uh, radiology residency, right, so right, we moved right. back. So, oh, yeah. Nice, nice. I I can't say I'll ever go to Iowa. I don't think anything would ever drag me there. It would have to be I think 
I imagine for for it would have to be something like a job or something like that that would get me to because it's, it's it's so it's rural it's mid it's midwestern right it's midwestern it's yeah. rural a lot of uh, agriculture farming goes around corn and people used to say whenever i say i uh, iowa they used to say oh potatoes right i was like that's no idaho. that that's idaho it's <laughs> corn <That's> idaho <laughs> well i didn't even know iowa was associated with corn yeah yeah iowa there, there's a lot of corn and soy Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So when you're driving, you either see like miles and miles of cornfields, yeah, or just miles and miles of white snow. Wow, wow. I did not know that. I'm gonna have to add that to my database of uh, trivia. So then after that, you came back because your wife, uh, who I didn't know up until the other day. I know, right? <laughs> like my wife was like, a, you know, when 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 we were first talking about our job in, yeah. initially in the beginning, and we just you you came up and she and she was your resident yeah. in the beginning, and she really enjoyed working with you. Yeah, I until until the other day, we I had no idea, obviously, until you showed me, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's crazy! Small, <laughs> small, small, small world. world. And you know, that's why like our our actions they really matter right yeah. like the kind of reputation we have it really carries forward like you know that's why i'm really glad you're doing this podcast because there's so much noise in our world yeah it's really important that the positive voices like you are amplified and heard so thanks for doing that yes of course thank you it's a, it's an honor it's something i i always wanted to do and the whole point was to kind of to hear the humanity behind the titles that we all have the the people that you so many people that you interact with in the hospital have really, really interesting stories That's and right. how they got to where they were. Um, I know you're a new father. Right? Yes. Oh, that's... Wow. <laughs> what has that been like? Life changed. Man, no matter whatever anybody tells you that uh, that having children is going to change your life, nothing prepares you for when you actually have a kid of your own. Right. Like, you know, funny you mentioned this because... Um, when after my wife got pregnant like during uh, like one day we were just sitting and chatting and i said like uh, uh i reminded her of uh this uh this line from the movie interstellar one of my favorite movies oh great movie oh so good so in that uh, uh matthew mcconaughey said that uh, his wife told him that now we are here just to be memories for our children mm. so i i told my wife and she's like oh that's too heavy <laughs> <laughs> that's too heavy uh, that's uh, but when we actually had our kid it was like i was freaking out we my wife had to get a c section so i was mm-hmm. with my wife so when they first got him out i was i was like in sh- i don't know i wouldn't say shock i wasn't paying attention to him i don't know if i was paying enough attention to him but i was like holding my wife's hand <laughs> and she's like freaking out mm-hmm. because it's a surgery she was still open cut open and i wasn't paying attention to the kid and i'm like freaking out like how the surgery is going to go how things are going to go and uh, dr grace was her ob she's great she's mm-hmm. awesome amy grace so she held the baby up. I was like a dad come on take the picture quick you have to be quick with the, with your phone now you have a baby and then i was like wait is she talking to me what do i do where is my phone do i even have my phone on my <laughs> but then they took me uh, to the baby and they cleaned him they weighed him and they gave him and they and they brought him back and and my wife like when, when she first held him she was like oh avni she's perfect <sighs> and then she said like yeah now that our only job is to make memories for him so you know like 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 that like like a like a switch flipped in her like she instantly like her life changed right that's amazing i 
I think when my my story for my firstborn, I, we had a daughter, my my daughter who you just met today. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, it's it's similar. So we we I say we, but my wife had to have a C section as well, and uh, very similar. I was more focused, and I don't know if part of it is because of my medical background, but I was really focused on her, and you know, I was looking at the vitals. Yeah, yeah, but. In those in that situation in particular, I was looking at the vitals, but I couldn't interpret it. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I, I've I've looked at vitals a million times. Yeah, but in that one situation, I was looking and I had no idea what I was looking at. Um, I was just so confused. I was like, it, it felt like I was looking at a brand new. I agree. <laughs> it's a daze. Like yeah. you don't know what's happening. You're just like. It's so bizarre, and and so I was just looking at. I'm looking at her, and there, you know. When Bijou was finally born and she, you know, she made out and they, they, they did the same thing. But I don't think, I don't think I had my phone on me, but I got to hold her and I was looking at her and <laughs> children, kids, uh, they don't look the way they, they're supposed, they don't look the way they really look, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at first, I, you know, you're just like, Yo, what is going on here, right? And then they cleaned her up and, and I held her and she was just, she was, oh man, and she was just... She was really quiet and feeling her underneath uh, the, the warmth, the warmer. Because yeah. I, I held her and, and they brought her to the warm. And I, it was it was so surreal. Like, I'm, I'm a dad. But I will say this. I don't think I had the... I feel like... I feel like mothers become mothers when either when they know they're pregnant. Yeah. Or when... Um, the baby's born. Yeah. And I think that fathers become fathers at some point after that, after the baby's born. That's right. And it doesn't have to be, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be at on the, on the moment that you see your, your kid. It can be a little bit later. For me, it was a little later when it like hit me. Oh my goodness. And I'll tell you when exactly. For, because for like the first, the first few weeks, really, the first couple of weeks, really, um, the focus, the primary focus is on mom and baby. That's right. Right? Yeah. And and you kind of you're just kind of this person that kind of, you know, you need help. How can I help? You know, you change diapers and you, your function is kind of uh nebulous. You you just because the mom is taking care of the baby. Yeah. And she's so it comes so for the most part, you know, there's this connection that there are no words to describe it. And you're not you're not connected to that connection, right? <laughs> At least that's the way I felt, right? So yeah, you know. I would just ask my wife, are you, you know, you okay? How can I help? You know, I'd, you know, make, make a meal here and there. I know you, you know? feel like you're a sidekick. Yeah, you, yeah. you feel like you're not the main part yeah. of the, you're not the main guy. You're not the main guy at all, yeah. which is also the reason I think that, uh, most men aren't, aren't mature enough to have children, uh, when they're young. So I, 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 yeah, I never thought of that. But yeah, for that same reason, I think when that baby comes and you re you really become secondary, right? And yeah, it yeah. takes it takes a level of maturity, I think, yeah. and to accept that and know that your role is now secondary. And of course, superficially, you're like, of course, the, the child is important, but really, the way it plays out, especially those at the beginning. You, no one is worried about that. Like people yeah. will come to your house and walk right by you. Yeah. And go straight to, <laughs> straight to mom and the baby. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Um, Even my own mom's like <laughs> she's I more worried about her grand grandson. Exactly. Than no one cares about you anymore. Yeah. It's the, yeah. the the baby's prime and you know, and kind of highlighting that that quote, like you said, now we're here for, to be memories, to make memories. To make memories for, for our, our children. Yeah. That's 
I'm going to have to watch that movie again. I really, really love that. But I think uh, for me, the moment I became a dad was uh, like a few, it's probably about 10 days after. The moment mm. it like clicked for me was, for, I think for whatever reason, I, it was just me and Bijou in the house. Mm-hmm. My wife had just left. Yeah. She went to the store or something. And I was holding her. It was quiet. So I was holding her. I think I was watching a, a, a football game and my eyes caught her eye. Like we were just looking at each other. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Your oh baby looking goodness. at you. And yeah. It's just, it. it's, I don't know. There are no words to describe yeah. it. You just have to feel it and experience it. And your life changes, your priorities change, your yeah. goals change. And uh, yeah, now I'm all, all I'm thinking about is like when it's old enough to, you know, run, go outside and play like what I'm what you gonna you know, do? What, what what I'm gonna do? Yeah. I, I told my wife as soon as you finish training, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> semi retire. You yeah. you work full time, <laughs> and you so you can get to spend some time. I can, with I can I, I, yeah I can spend some time with my son. That's really that's really cool because especially and that, I feel like that's also different. We I've spoken about this with uh, another guest of mine, uh, Doctor Gupta. He was my attending in mm-hmm. residency, and we spoke a little bit about fatherhood and how important it was for him to, you know, be present for his, That's for right. his children, mm-hmm. especially as a physician, because the job can, the job can, by nature of how it is, can actually um, consume you. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you have to be very deliberate about like making time, especially if you want to be, if, I think in our generation, we're much more cognizant or much more aware yeah. mm-hmm. of that. Or we see the previous generations of physicians, how what that cost them, right? That's right. Um, and so I think as our generation, we're much more aware of that cost. Yeah. And we're try, we try our best to kind of to mitigate that. That's right. I mean, it's really, really important to be cognizant of the things you mentioned because those are fleeting moments like yeah. your, your kids grow up so fast and they achieve those milestones and certain things they only happen once and right. if you miss this you blink and life's gonna pass so yeah i mean we had we have this uh in our profession or in many professions we have this tendency to glorify i don't know sleeplessness working hard and like but we forget to emphasize on the really important things like, right. you know, work-life balance, enjoying time with the loved ones. When we foster a culture where we glorify, like, let's Work. say, working hard, then people may be ashamed to come out if, they have, if they're having like a burnout and people may, hold, uh, may grow to hate their profession or that could affect their personal life in other ways that they don't realize. So I'm always, always make sure that I sleep well. That's what I tell my wife. You sleep well, you enjoy time, you work hard, but you do everything. Right. I think, I mean, for so long, I felt like a lot of medicine, I I didn't experience that part. I don't think many of us have now where to work hard just for the sake of working hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You didn't have any true function or purpose and it can be avoided. Yeah, it can be easily avoided. Yeah, Yeah, just with some proper planning. Exactly. But, But there was like a culture where you're like, you know, you don't complain. You work 48 hour shifts, just yeah. don't complain. And that's the, that's what it means to be a doctor. But it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you could, you could, you could have a proper work-life balance because your well-being is also important for your patient's well-being. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's important for you, your family, your family. and your patients. Exactly. Um, I think it's important to, sh- to, to put your best self forward. And to do that, you have to have a good balance. That's right. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. 
where what's your what are your you know future plans or what, what do you have in mind you know when i was in my fellowship i just wanted to do it all i wanted to like <laughs> be an interventional cardiologist do structural and do like research and mm-hmm. i don't know come up with a new tower valve what not <laughs> <laughs> no right now no i'm i'm really passionate about interventional cardiology that's really what i wanted to do uh, my grandfather uh, when i was a young kid uh, he died of an mi mm. that was in 1996 in rural india he woke up with chest pain and there was no 911 to call right. he just went back to sleep that morning he was like getting ready to work and around like nine o'clock he just um, just like mm. that so must have had beefy or something cardiac arrest so now i know what happened back then right, i didn't know right, what happened right, right. so yeah interventional cardiology is always a little personal to me you know saving somebody's life in those crucial moments it's it, it it's very meaningful to me Yeah, interventional cardiology for sure. After that, I really want to spend time with my kids yeah, like, yeah. and hopefully have more kids. Maybe a girl baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We, we have one of each now. Um, girls are awesome. Daughters mm-hmm. are really... I think another thing is I think daughters really... You, you think you are a man, man, man until you have a daughter. I know, right? It's just... <laughs> I cannot imagine like the kind of uh, worry you carry oh, having a daughter. It's oh just like God. your heart that beats outside yeah, of your body. That's exactly what it is. Just a, another, I, I, I've said this a, a million times. I, I am not the father I thought I would be. And it's my daughter that like, like really brought, I'm, I'm a lot stricter. I'm a lot, you know, because I'm, I'm terrified of the world. For I know, her, I know. You, know? you just, when you have a kid, especially a girl baby, it's just, changes the way you look at the world like yeah, every yeah. little thing oh my god it's you 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 see something on news and be like oh, terrified you yeah. just like have to stop what you're doing and be like you know calm yourself down or like yeah it's, yeah it, it's 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 a game changer yeah what do you like to do outside of work what's your what's your fun thing not well i mean of course now you're now my fun thing is just <laughs> take care of my baby <laughs> yeah you know I haven't done much lately, but I used to enjoy playing cricket as a kid. I played a lot of cricket, watched a lot of cricket. I still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and after moving to the United States, I watched like other sports too now, like basketball, football, obviously. You cannot live in Louisiana without yeah, yeah, watching yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I watched uh, like, uh, I haven't played much cricket. In, in Iowa, we had a little group league. where we used to like a league, if you can call it that. We would just play cricket. But, um, you know, we were talking about, like, uh, forming a little league of ourselves in our, in our home and to play cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the people that play here. Oh, really? Yeah. My my friend, um, who's actually going to be the next guest, mm. uh, he he likes rugby and cricket. And so I think, I'm pretty sure he knows people that play cricket. Maybe, I hope you get to meet him yeah, um, yeah, after I'd this. Yeah, I'd love But to. There are people here that play cricket. And I, I grew up in, in Jamaica, so the West Indies. So yeah. Okay. I, oh, man. West Indies team in <laughs> 80s was invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when India won our first World Cup, it was against West Indies. Mm. And that was an upset victory because India were, they were underdogs at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And West Indies team was like the best, like as, as good as it's going to get. And uh, yeah, that was a, so that was something. That was in 1983, the year I was born. <laughs> and last month, Mm-hmm. there was world cup uh, uh, world cup happens once every four years right, so if right, you don't right. get world cup you have to wait four years yep. so india was undefeated until the finals and they lost and that's like my childhood trauma all coming <laughs> back because <laughs> india they 
they do that they play well in the in the group stages and once they come to playoffs something happens, something uh, happens. so they haven't won since 1983 no the actually they won in uh, 2012 okay 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 uh, that, that was uh, i really enjoyed that that day i was in houston when i watched the game that was that was really great but this time i thought oh you know what this year we went undefeated and 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 the kind of like victories they had they were all like blowout victories they mm. would win by 200 mm. runs or they would win by 10 wickets so i thought this would be the year but uh who so did they lose to australia 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 you know they always bring up their a game like at the end initially they are like i don't know if they don't pay attention or if they don't really <laughs> care much but initially they don't they don't do that well yeah. but then towards end they play they like their life up. depends on it yeah. so australia england sri lanka bangladesh india west indies um those are the good teams yeah those are the really south but, africa oh south africa south, south africa, africa is another good team yeah. who, uh, they never won a world cup but they always come close what do you think about the like cuz I, i grew up with test and one day but no, is it test test yeah. cricket test is a classic form of cricket it's yeah. it's uh it's played over five days yes <laughs> <laughs> five days yes. you hear that <laughs> Like you watch it, you watch basketball. I know for five days. <laughs> I still can't believe that because it's but it's fading away, right? Like oh, yeah, it's it, it's fading away. It's mainly like it's still considered the classic form of cricket, but it's mainly played for the sake of records. Yeah, nobody watches them that much anymore. Right, right. Yeah. So the test is the classic form of cricket. It's played over five days, and then the com the shorter form of that was uh, it's called one day international. Mm-hmm. where you where you play like 50 overs each yep. one over is six pitches mm-hmm. so it's like a 300 pitches game it's still a long game it's, it's still, still a long, long game day. it still yeah. takes up to like yeah. seven hours to eight hours so for my generation one day international is a classic form of cricket right. so that's what world cup is played as uh, in in that format and after that in like 2010s they came up with a much more condensed form it's called 2020 yeah so 2020 cricket is pretty much became like the mainstay of cricket right now it's like the mainstream cricket and there is even shorter uh there is shorter like than a, 2020 yeah there is like a, a t10 there is like a league mm. in abu dhabi they have like a t10 cricket like 10 overs just uh, 10 overs just 10 overs it's just wow. 60 pitches but i don't think that became that uh, popular that, that popular no it's still the 2020 is like the main form of cricket now. The IPL, right? That's what it's called. IPL is a Premier League in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the main cricket league, right? That's where most people play, don't they? Like all the all the professionals a lot of them play in the IPL. That's right. Yeah, yeah. IPL is IPL I probably is one of the most uh, well-paid leagues and one of the most famous leagues. IPL is uh Chris Gale still playing? Oh, you know what? I haven't I haven't it's been a while. It's been a while. I haven't I haven't followed IPL that much because it's uh You know when you hear it it's, it's hard, hard to follow to, yeah. follow IPL so the I mainly watch like in uh India cricket team mainly follow them so they they play they're playing South Africa now they're supposed to play a game today yeah. it was canceled due to rain but uh yeah I used to love cricket I, like I said I grew up in Jamaica and um man when it was cricket season that's all that's all you'd watch on TV that's all you play Uh, everybody goes out on the field yeah. you, you you get the chance to Did you play any back. cricket? Yeah. Oh yeah. nice. So we should totally play. I, that's what I'm saying. Like I think I th- I feel pretty confident that there there is there are people that play here in New Orleans. I, I'm, I'm, just I'm to, sure because they're yeah, like we just have a, to find them. Yeah, you just have to find That'd them. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, cricket is so much fun too, right? Um do you have a a, f- a position in the field that you prefer? So bowler, I, batsman I used to bowl. I used to bowl uh in my in my back in the days <laughs> i used to do like a 
medium pace that's a that's yeah, a form yeah, of bowling yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. not too too fast but it's a fast bowling yeah medium pace was my style of bowling and i used to bat a little bit too i was in the, i was in the middle order batting so like in the in in the top two or three positions you have like the top order batsman yeah. and then you have the middle order the kind of like all rounders they bowl a little bit they bat a little yeah. bit so that was that was me that's awesome now with your son Obviously, how you're going to have to expose him to cricket. How do you plan on doing that? I don't know. So we, th- th- this comes up a lot. So everyone asks me if you're going to get him in cricket. So I want him to play everything and see what he yeah, likes and whatever yeah. he wants to. But if I ha- if I were to pick a sport for him, I would probably pick baseball for him. It's the closest thing to cricket. Yeah, it's it's, it's the closest thing to cricket. Mm-hmm. Not too many injuries. Of yeah. course, pitchers get a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. but not like football. Oh man, concussions yeah. and I'm I'm a hundred percent against yeah. heel. Oh my god, <laughs> concussions. Yeah, um, I like, I like uh, for, for my kids. I'm thinking, really, all the sports that get you into like, give you really good scholarships. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tennis, so, but they're expensive. Yeah. Tennis and golf is so expensive to, to get into. Yeah. But definitely uh, soccer. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw your Facebook post. Like you look like you're very into soccer. Oh yeah, I love it. Like English Premier League. Yeah, is what you follow. my team is Liverpool. Liverpool. You see, I have my my scarf right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my team is Liverpool. Um, <laughs> my daughter's middle name is mm-hmm. Alison, which is the the goalkeeper for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, Brazilian. <laughs> you're really into soccer. I know. I know. I love it. I love it. I started um, watching soccer after. Uh, I mean, I watch World Cups. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, everybody yeah, watches yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. Major League Soccer after after Miami drafted Messi, oh, that's when I started watching. Um, that's a big. I, I still can't believe he came here, but definitely that's. I think that was a very smart move. Very smart move. Very very smart move because people like me who almost never watched soccer are like, I bought a subscription to watch Messi play, and I wasn't disappointed too. Like the first four games he, he played, they were like, wow. Like not only scoring, like scoring at the crucial moment, like where they win the game. It's like somebody wrote a movie or... Yeah, because his first game, his first game, he scored the game winner. He scored the game winner. That's what I'm saying. It's just... I I remember, I remember like it, everything I love about, and I love Messi. Messi is, he's, he's, I would say arguably, but I think most people accept that he's the best to ever play the game of, of football. Yeah. Um... I mean, watching that game, I was just like, oh, my God, of course. Of course he scores <laughs> in the, the last, last minute, minute with, with a free kick, with which is one kick. of his, uh, like, his, he's almost automatic from a free kick. I mean, he is, he's unbelievable, unbelievable. Man, I, sometimes I watch my, my kids play in the backyard mm. and I watch them kicking. Like we, have, we have some footballs back there. I watch them kicking it and I, I dream. <laughs> I dream of oh. watching my kid, <laughs> watching my kid kick a football in a stadium full of people. Man, um, it's, it's sometimes it's the parents' dream, dreams that uh, motivate children. You know, I know. My I know. wife was watching this uh, this documentary on David Beckham, like how his father's yep. love for I don't know if it's Liverpool, is it Liverpool or Manchester United? Manchester United, mm-hmm. like how his father's love for Manchester United is what motivated him to like work hard and play. So you never know, your kid might be. Next message. Uh, or yeah, for Liverpool. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if my son or my daughter? Because Liverpool has men and women, so that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be really, really cool. Um, so you've been in South Louisiana now since you said twenty. Uh, 2013, 2013, except those two years I was in Iowa. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. almost ten years now. Yeah, and it became part of uh, part of Cajun culture. Cajun culture. Well, what has that been like? You know, adjusting to here because you came here from India, correct? So yeah, from India, but. It, 
I didn't come straight to Louisiana because it took me a few years to get into residency. Yeah, I was like yeah, moving yeah. from I was in Houston for a few days, Atlanta for a few days, but nowhere I could truly call home, like right. nowhere I like actually settled down. Yeah. You know, go for rotation, you're there for a few months, you mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. But Louisiana was my first home away from home. Yeah. And uh, it's like it's similar in many ways, I know, you know? I say the same thing. Yeah. It's just the food is really spicy, very <laughs> flavorful. It just fits right in. I I I've, I always think especially South Louisiana, uh New Orleans and the surrounding areas, so much of what is here reminds me of home. Of course, like the people generally look different obviously. Yeah. But the culture, the 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 vibe, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um for better or for worse, you know, like si- simple things. I was I was making a joke uh with a friend of mine about how like when I'm driving around, I, you know, the potholes aren't well taken care. <laughs> Most people right. are upset about that, but yeah. to me, it reminds me of home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I, yeah. I'll take this. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. That's awesome. You know, in my in my wife's mind, she made it home, but I, I, I'm always like, I don't know, like longing for home in some mm-hmm. some in some ways. I just want to have some presence in India as well. I don't know how Absolutely. that's gonna look like, Absolutely. how that's gonna be. Uh, you know, as doctors, like, I don't know if regular people think that much about death, but as doctors, we see people dying every day as mm-hmm. part of our day-to-day jobs. So I just I cannot help myself but thinking, like, where would I want to be when I'm closer to, you know. To that time. Yeah, when closer to the time. We all have regrets, but I don't want to, like, not having connection, losing connection to India as a regret on my deathbed. So... I don't know how that's going to look like. I, I did, for me, I think about that, especially in context, going back to our children, because I don't want to, and I feel it in myself now, like I, I, so much of my, I'm, my, I'm Nigerian, I'm, I'm an Igbo, I'm Igbo, that's my tribe. Mm-hmm. So much of that I know is like, as the years go by, slowly slipping away from me. Yeah. But I, I don't want, I want my children, I don't want my children to not have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to have that experience as well. I want them to, um, it, it sounds, uh, I don't know if it sounds egotistical, but I want them to know where their dad's from. Yeah, you yeah know? absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and by extension, who they are too, because yeah. so much of who I am is dictated by my parents and so much of that is because of my culture you know so many things that that kind of is is ingrained in you mm-hmm. like even things you don't think about your yeah. your so much of your person is from that experience from your yeah, culture like, yeah where you grew up yeah, and uh, like yeah. that's right and you you don't think about that often but so much of that your 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 ability to overcome or your you know Sometimes in some challenges, I think about who I come from and that gives me some strength, right? Yeah. Um, And I I want my kids to have that foundation or or at least that strength in their, in in, in where they come from, you know? Yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. So I I can definitely relate to that. I hope, I hope to have some presence in, in my, um, in Nigeria, Um, especially for my kids and my kids' kids. Hopefully, you know, I'm around for all of that. Yeah. I think that would be really, really nice. So I, I definitely um, can relate to that. You know, like growing up in India and not having everything kind of drives you in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as opposed to, I don't know if I can provide everything for my kid, but I'm thinking like whatever he wants, he'll get. You know, it's it's kind of different when you're like, 
I don't know when you look at American movies here yeah, it's just so many comforts and yeah, everything yeah. you go in a car anywhere you go but growing up in India I was like I was always fascinated by you know what kind of luxuries or right uh, and even things you don't think are luxuries yeah is a luxury right yeah, yeah. things that I've gotten so accustomed to yeah, right like now yeah things you take for granted you take you know? for, and so much of it is easily taken for granted yeah right yeah. um and that's important to remember right so and it it frames the way you talk to people not not just talk to you, the way you interact with people is when you know if 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 you ever take the moment to step back and accept so much of your life that is full of luxuries um how you interact with people makes a big difference cuz that's right not everyone has that right that's right and even in america not everyone has the luxuries that i have you know yeah. and it's important for me to I always try to remember that and have that in context. Yeah. Um it informs the way I interact with everybody, you know, like just 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 to be kind. Yeah, just to be kind. J- just to remember when you're judging somebody that not everybody had the privileges or right. the things they have access to, right. not everybody had them, you know, just to have that context on life. It's it's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so I'm looking I really hope I'm able to to provide that for my kids. So I think about that often as well. Having hope I hope that you know we provide a, a good framework for them to have that context. That's right. Yeah. I agree. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Wow, time flew. <laughs> See, it's not that it's not that bad, right? I was I was freaking out when you asked me I was like, "Wait, what am I going to talk about? Like I don't have I don't have much to talk about." It's not and bad. you said you'll you'll keep the conversation growing yeah. and thanks a lot for having yeah, me. I really thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, I hope I hope we get to do it again. Yes, when you are much more famous in the future, remember <laughs> I'll ask you to invite me again. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have you have a seat at the table for sure. Thanks. Thank you so much. Of course. All right. How do we do? <laughs> How long was that?